welcome to the Mastering Your Fertility podcast. The show is all about reclaiming health, enhancing fertility, and preparing for pregnancy. I'm Kristen Cornett, a certified nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Dr. Haley Nye, a naturopathic physician and nutritionist. We are the creators of the online fertility platform, Tiny Feet. First off, we, as always, we want to thank you for being with us today. And um, in today's episode, we're going to be introducing Dr. Haley. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her background, how she came to be a naturopathic doctor working in preconception care, and how she ultimately came up with the incredible idea for Tiny Feet. So let's jump right in and get started. Why don't you tell us about your childhood? We'll start from the beginning. Okay. Yes, that's how we did it for you. Yeah, that's how we did it for me, so we might as well start that way for you. So, However, don't be upset, because I actually had a great childhood. <laughs> I had a great childhood, too. I just wasn't very healthy for it. You were dragging on the ground, basically. I was dragging on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my I was a you know typical American child, just eating all the things, ice cream and um, the cereal in the morning, and you know I did, actually did fairly well as a child. I do remember... Uh, being more on, un- unfortunately, the constipated side, I mm. uh, had a few episodes of that. Um, so I'm opposite sh- problem for me. Yeah. I'm sure that, um, you know, there was something brewing in my gut per se when I was a young, a young kid, but overall it was pretty good. Okay. So your story, your health story really starts when you were about 19 or so. Why don't you take us through everything that happened during that time? Yeah. So interestingly, uh, I was a typical 19 year old girl, you know, hanging out with friends and boys and, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, I went on a weekend trip with my friends, um, over the border to actually, I actually grew up in Utah. I forgot to mention that. And so, um, over the border, they have a small town called Wendover, uh, with casinos. And so even though we weren't 21, uh, apparently we acted like we were because that we decided several times a year to go over to Wendover. Yeah. Don't name drop the place get them in trouble. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, on the way there, started having a lot of lower abdominal pain on my right side. And I actually spent the whole entire trip in bed and on the way back was just uh, crumpled over in the car and having a lot of pain. And when I got back from the trip, I uh, went to the emergency room and they did an ultrasound for me. And they found that I had a five centimeter cyst on my right ovary. And so, you know, I had no idea what, what that was. It was my very first one. And uh, the way that they treat it is with painkillers and they say, you know, it'll go away. So that's what I did. I took some painkillers um, and I felt fine after that. And so went on my merry way as, you know, weekender as a 19 year old hanging out with my friends. And uh, the next day I started experiencing excruciating pain, way more than what a painkiller could take away. And I thought, well, this doesn't seem right. And so, um, again, toppled over in the car, went back to the emergency room. They did another ultrasound and they found that the ovary or the cyst on the ovary did twist it and it was cutting off the blood supply to the ovary and they had to do emergency surgery to remove it. So at a very young age, I lost half of my eggs and I, you know, my very first question to my gynecologist at the time after the surgery was, am I going to be able to get pregnant? Yeah. How does this affect my fertility? Right. That's, that would be a big question. I thought for sure uh, that, 
you know, it was going to be much harder to get pregnant. So, so what were you told at that point? He gave me a number. I remember specifically he's him saying that my left ovary will pick up the work from the right ovary and it will ovulate every month and it will probably decrease my chances of getting pregnant by 2%. Well, it doesn't seem so bad. No. Considering that, you know, you lose 50% of your viable, you know, genetic material to make a baby, that's 2% reduction in fertility doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. So the ovulation was supposed to, you know, it's only drops, I guess, by 2%. I don't even know where he got that number from, but that's- Because you kind of alternate, right? You're supposed to alternate between the Mm -hmm. ovaries when you're ovulating. So theoretically, even 50% of the time that that ovary would have been ovulating anyway, it it wouldn't have. So exactly. So, uh, but really, I mean, you still think, well- you lost 50% of my eggs, you know, so that really stuck in my, in my head. Scary. Yeah. So there were a bunch of other things that happened too, though. You're losing your ovary was not the only thing that was going on in your family at that point. Tell us about some of the other health issues that cropped up in some family members around that time. Yeah. So very interestingly, right around that year, it was 2003 and a lot of things were happening to my family. Um, you would think we were cursed that year or something, but uh, <laughs> so after I had my surgery, my younger brother, he uh, ended up being diagnosed with diabetes type one, which is the autoimmune condition, um, meaning it's chronic. He'll, he'll never get better from it. And how old was he? He was 15 at the time. Okay. So uh, that was really a big shock for us. And I know my mom uh, started diving into the research and trying to figure out I don't know if, if you guys aren't familiar with diabetes type one, I mean, it really depends on how much uh, carbohydrates you're eating, fats and proteins. And that was our first experience with looking at our diet and being like, oh gosh, anything that Colton is my little brother's name puts in his mouth is going to affect his blood sugar levels and could mean life or death for him. So uh, we started looking at all the macronutrients and um, you know, what has calories, what doesn't have calories. And so that was my first experience there. And then my mom, um, right around that same time ended up, uh, having appendicitis. I believe she was like 42 at the time. So it was a little bit older <laughs> age to have appendicitis and, um, the surgery went well. However, within the week she found out she had to go back to the emergency room because she found out she had blood clots in her lungs, which if you guys aren't Whoa. familiar with that, yeah, that's Scary. really dangerous. <laughs> you could die from that. So um, that was another big scare in my family. And then towards the end of the year, my older brother, he um, was driving on on the road and it was really uh, rainy that day and his car lost control. And then when he hit um, a barrier and then when he got out of his vehicle, uh, to check out the damage to see if he can drive off of the exit. Another vehicle came around the bend, lost control, and swerved right towards him and actually hit him. And he flew about 30 feet. Whoa. Yeah. So you okay? He's fine now. But, uh, it was a huge scare. And he definitely had some rehabilitation that he had to go through. And so, um, you know, he's in the hospital bed for months. We had to, you know, bathe him in, in the hospital bed. And, um, again, another huge scare. And then the last thing that happened, just the kind of the cherry on top of all that was that my grandpa, uh, had a heart attack in, um, 
and he was quite young at the time too and he survived so thank god everybody's okay right but really i think the point of me telling you this is is it um at that time really put health and disease and like you know the nature of how it can really affect your family or affect your health or you know the future longevity of your life was just all right Right at the forefront of your mind. Exactly. Unavoidable. Exactly. All right. So now we're, you're heading into college Mm -hmm. at this point and majoring in of all things based on where you are now film. Yep. (laughs) So I thought I really wanted to do film editing and I did one uh, semester at University of Utah and found out that wasn't actually my passion. I, I didn't do well with it. I wasn't paying attention in class and I just thought, oh gosh, I need to do something different. And at that time, really looking at what do I want to do, I found out um, through all the things that did happen to me that health was something that I was really passionate about. And so I decided I was going to be a registered dietitian. So I started doing uh, an undergrad in public health and I did a semester in public health. And as I was learning what a registered dietitian does, because, you know, what I usually do is I just jump in before getting all my facts. <laughs> and I say, this, <laughs> this is what I want to do. And then um, I look back and I, I, I realize maybe I should have done a little more research. But I found out that a registered dietitian um, is fantastic. But really, at that time, a lot of what they do is work in hospitals. They, um, work with, you know, red jello and insure. And I just had this picture of me in a hospital in like a five by five closet, like in this dark room and then serving jello to old people. Like I just, (laughs) it wasn't a very, um, flattering career idea for me, even though now in retrospect, I, well, I could have done a lot with that degree, but I ended up quitting early and just thought, I kind of said, just screw it. And I went to go do something different. So that's what I did. So two different majors. And then you just decided, okay, I don't know what I want to do. You want to make the most of your college experience. So you took a break. Yes. Kind of a long break. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was on a break for about five years. (laughs) quite a long break. <laughs> hiatus. Um, Call it a hiatus. <laughs> yes. And uh, during that time, I began a career uh, in life insurance. Uh, so it was more of me just getting on whatever was equivalent of Craigslist at the time and found a job and took that job right away. And it just happened to be life insurance. It's not like I had this dream of becoming a life insurance. Just like I never had a dream of becoming a corporate financial analyst. I get it. Totally get it. Yeah. You're like, no, this will work for now. (laughs) So I did that and, um, and it was great. It was great. Made some good income. I was good at it. And so I stuck with it for a little bit. All right. And then you eventually decided to go back, but you also had some more kind of health things happen. Is that what inspired you to go back to school and decide to finally focus in the direction that you wanted to go? Yeah, definitely. So during that time, uh, in 2007, I had a pretty big health crisis of my own. Um, I became really, really sick um, right around July of 2007. And uh, my my mom was actually taking care of me at the time. And we thought it was like meningitis or, you know, 
the flu, like just the most terrible flu. What kind of symptoms were you having? I had a really stiff uh, neck, hence the meningitis oh, yeah. idea. Um, nausea, vomiting, just extreme fatigue. Like I really thought it was the flu. And so silly young me, I didn't go see a doctor and I didn't go to the emergency room and I just was waiting it out. And so I thought, gosh, if I'm sick, I'm sure I'll just get better. Right. And, oh, and I had a really high fever. It was like 104. (laughs) It was bad. And so, okay. uh, And uh, so I was waiting it out. And on the fifth day, five days later, um, when I wasn't actually getting any better, I finally decided to go to the emergency room and found out that I had a raging kidney infection. Oh, well, at least you went to the emergency room eventually. Good. Yes. Glad that got caught. And they gave me some uh, Cipro, some antibiotics and started taking them. And of course I got better from the kidney infection However, uh, since that kidney infection and since that round of antibiotics, I had uh, chronic health conditions that uh, really has never gotten better. And so I, you know, when you hear that, like ever since then, yeah, (laughs) that was my ever since that kidney infection. Um, So I started experiencing chronic UTIs, uh, chronic vaginitis. real bad. And I uh, went to the doctor several times. They would test it. They would give me some, uh, some in another antibiotic, like a gel or oral antibiotic right. to take care of it. The symptoms will kind of get better and then boom, they'd be right back again. I developed IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. My constipation got way worse. I started getting bloated. So uh, I, was a, I was a big mess. So this, you attribute this to the use of that particular antibiotic or just like the string of antibiotics and infections that came after that just kept making things worse, you know, destroying your microbiome and... Yeah, I think what happened is that kidney infection really was the straw that broke the camel's back for me because I, at that time, was you know, young and partying with my friends and I was drinking. I wasn't particularly looking at much, you know, at the paying attention to the food I was eating. Um, I was, I moved and, um, I was taking, I think at that time I was taking Depo-Provera shots for birth control, Mm -hmm. which is basically a huge shot of hormones directly into your bloodstream. And, um, in retrospect, I would never advise that for anybody or do it yourself. You had to do it over. Exactly. And, uh, I, I, when I was moving out of one of my places into another place, I had to clean this place. And my roommate and I were just so silly and we um, didn't think this through. And we basically were using like pure bleach to, to clean our apartment. And I just remember, I even can like kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit about like how (laughs) strong it was. Yeah. How incredibly strong it was. But at the time I was just like, oh, this place is going to be so clean. Right. Oh man. And, um, I do remember that that was one of the starting points of me getting sicker. And then when I moved into my new place, we had to paint the floorboards 
And so I painted the floorboards, no mask, no ventilation, no tons of chemicals and VOCs and all kinds of junk that's in paint. Yeah. So you throw that on the fire. Right. And so I have bleach, I have chemicals, and then I have the Depo-Provera shot and, uh, and you know, the drinking poor lifestyle and you got, I just brewed myself a perfect storm. Well, and you found out later that you actually had that MTHFR mutation. We'll talk more about MTHFR in other episodes, but basically that prevented you from being able to properly detoxify a lot of these things that were being, you know, put in your body in various ways. So I think that's what triggered the kidney infection was the, my inability to detoxify everything that was going into my body, really suppressing my immune system the bacteria in the, you know, urinary tract was like, boom, perfect freeway to the kidneys. And, and it set me up for failure in that way. And then on top of that, taking the antibiotics after that just really screwed up my microbiome. And again, I, it's almost like sometimes when you screw up your microbiome, it's, incredibly hard and near impossible to get it back to what it was before. I don't know anything about that <laughs> because my issues aren't primarily digestive in nature. I mean, with the SIBO, which I know you were also eventually right. diagnosed with. So that actually ended up being the true cause of the IBS symptoms for you, correct? Yeah, I had small, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Oh, and then I forgot to mention. Oh man. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, a big cause of that is food poisoning. Yeah. And what food poisoning does is it causes basically an autoimmune condition to the nervous cells that move your gut along, yeah. your small intestines, and damages that yeah. motor complex that we have. Exactly. It, and so it slows it down, and then it allows bacteria to overgrow. And so I had a horrible uh, food. Um, what is intoler- What was it? What was I saying? The food poisoning. Food poisoning. Thank you. <laughs> I can't, I put it so far out of my mind. I forgot what it was. Food poisoning is miserable. <laughs> oh yeah. Things coming out from all crevices. And <laughs> it was awful, but that was, um, a, a couple years before the kidney infection happened as I did have that food poisoning. Okay. So a lot of things were, were happening and brewing here and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, that straw that broke the camel's back that kidney infection and antibiotics. So now your passion is kind of reignited for health and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these things going on. You have this past history of all these issues, not only with yourself, but with family members. So that got you onto a a totally new path. Tell us about that. (laughs) So what happened was, yeah, I was struggling getting better. I really was having a hard time with conventional medicine. Um, addressing the root cause of what was happening with the chronic UTIs and the chronic vaginitis and all that. And, um, so I really started looking into alternative health, figuring out, okay, take probiotics. I really need to change my diet. So nutrition became a huge passion of mine. Um, supplementation that I needed, um, you know, alternative, uh, botanical herbs and things like that to treat my condition. And I did find uh, health again, you yeah. know, I solved the, the chronic UTIs. I solved the chronic vaginitis and it, it didn't, um, 
with no help from the conventional medical community, unfortunately. But well, I mean, that's, I think a lot of people go through that, especially with infections, because really mm-hmm. the only tool in the conventional medicine toolkit for infections is antibiotics. Right. But then you continually, you kill off the bacteria, but you also destroy that healthy microbiome that's needed to keep these harmful bacteria at bay. So you just end up in like this big, it's like a, like a hamster wheel or whatever. You just keep, yeah. keep running on that wheel, taking the antibiotics, getting another infection, taking the antibiotics. So that's what I was on. I was definitely on that hamster wheel and I, and I wanted off. Yeah. (laughs) And you got off and there are ways to get off. I think it's really important for people to understand that, that that is not the only thing that we can do for a situation like that. There are ways to, to get out of that. Cause I used to have chronic UTIs and all kinds of problems as well. And we got off, we got off the wheel. (laughs) So, uh, that really inspired me. And I realized at age 25 that I did not want to be a life insurance broker for the rest of my life. I, that actually made me again, throw up a little bit in my mouth. So I was like, what am I doing? Um, I need to change my ways. And so my mom actually, um, again, my brother being diagnosed with type one diabetes really inspired her track for nutrition and she got really into it. And so she's the one who told me about uh, the naturopathic college and a medical school that was here in Portland, Oregon. And as soon as she mentioned it, I was like, oh, boom, I, I, that sounds like something I really want to do. So I went to their, you know, student tour and I, within three weeks, I was enrolled into my prerequisite classes. I was like, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So that's what I did. So medical school is where you started to get uh, introduced and interested in the concept of preconception care. So you went to a lecture on the developmental origins of health and disease. And we talked a little bit about that in the intro to Tiny Feet and talking about preconception care. Let's go over that kind of one more time. What, What was so interesting and inspiring about that to you? So my second year of medical school, I went to a lecture at OHSU. And at that lecture, they were talking about this area of research called the Developmental Origins of Health and Disease. And it was created by this researcher, David Barker, in the UK, who was finding out that the environmental impacts uh, in before pregnancy and during pregnancy impacts the health of the child um, at when they're an adult. So basically, it contributes to their likelihood of being obese as a child and through adulthood increases their likelihood of having diabetes, heart disease, and even cancer. And I just found that absolutely flooring. Yeah. Shocking. Absolutely. And fascinating. And so, you know, when you find that thing and your heart just starts racing and your mind starts racing with ideas and, you know, that passion, uh, that's where, You found it. You found it. (laughs) Well, and I just, that is, there's so much impact from that, from that hypothesis, from what we've been able to observe in research, the ability to influence the health of future generations with the things that we do today. I mean, what an incredibly empowering and also like kind of heavy weight, you know? So today what we do now impacts whether or not our children and our grandchildren are healthy. So, I mean, I think it, it kind of gives us this real sense of responsibility when we learn things like that. So I think that's awesome that you were so inspired by that. And then it kind of kept you going down this path. So kind of during medical school, you end up meeting the man who would become your husband. Yes. 
So I met Matt during medical school and then we decided to date after graduation. And um, during that time, we just knew because we were friends before. And so when we decided to date, we're like, well, this is it. (laughs) All in. Yep. (laughs) And so, and he knew I wanted children and, um, and I was, Getting, you know, I was in, getting in my thirties and I wanted to get started right away because I, again, had only one ovary and I thought for dang sure that I was not going to be able to get pregnant for a long time. And your husband is a bit older than you as well. Yeah. Quite a bit older than me. He's 12 years older. So yeah, even looking at him, I was like, well, I don't know, you know, we're not the best scenario here. <laughs> So we started digging into the books and of course I was really passionate on preconception care anyway or preparing how to prepare for pregnancy. And so now that I was like the patient per se, I really wanted to do it right. And so we we started reading the books and looking online and there was just a lot of information and um, to learn and I started implementing it and um, treated the SIBO that I was dealing with, right? Yeah. And getting my body on point. And then I uh, come about six months later, I kind of accidentally got pregnant. <laughs> you created this incredible, healthy, fertile environment. Yeah. And so bam, there, here comes baby. I took out uh, my IUD. I didn't take it out. My doctor took out my IUD. And uh, I, again, this is when we were about to start trying after six months of preparing um, health wise, we we're you know, doing morning smoothies and the supplements and all that. And I thought, okay, well, we want to have a baby starting like, I don't know, it'd be great to get pregnant like around August and, um, got pregnant the next month after my IUD was out. Awesome. Yeah. And you now have a beautiful, healthy baby girl. Yes. She's 10 months now. She's 10 months today and her name's Aspen and she's a huge inspiration for starting tiny feet. Yeah. So this amazing preconception care platform was really born out of the desire to make sure that couples had access to the information that they needed to prepare optimally for pregnancy, you know, not just to get pregnant, but to have a healthy pregnancy and to have a healthy baby and to create these healthy future generations that we were just talking about. Yeah. So when I found out I was pregnant kind of on, on accident, I mean, we didn't, well, we were on, it was on purpose, but it was again, kind of a shock how quick it happened. And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, how, how am I going to prevent autism or am I, basically, how am I do, I want to do all the right things from the very beginning to make sure that, uh, my baby has the very best start from the beginning. And so I read a bunch of books and this is really where, again, I was creating, getting that knowledge and that expertise on, uh, how to create a healthy baby. And then when she came and, um, I was ready to go back to work again, instead of going back to a full-time job at the clinic, I asked Matt if he would be open to starting tiny feet and launching this online fertility planning platform for couples. And it has, it's, we've definitely gotten it off the ground and it's taking off here. And so you and I met each other, right? We didn't talk about how we met in my intro, but you and I met each other kind of right around this time. I think your daughter was young, five months, four yeah. or five months old. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of got, got together. And I think originally we were thinking of kind of doing this more collaborative 
client patient care fertility thing. So it's, it's been really cool to be on yeah. board and, and be there kind of from the very beginning of tiny feet and see it take shape and take off. Exactly. Yeah. So grateful that I met Kristen. This did not happen. Without <laughs> I was not her. fishing. <laughs> no, I know you weren't fishing, but I did want to say I'm very grateful that we met because I think, you know, the, I believe in the universal push of things. And I feel like the universe is putting pieces in place in order to make something happen. And you've got to be open to that and, you know, watch out for those pieces to come into place and, and be willing to say yes. Uh, and I did say yes quite a few times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to add or share about your journey? Any, any advice that you have for people who may be listening to this that either may be struggling with health issues or kind of just starting on that preconception care journey? Like, what do you want people to take away from your story? I want to say that when I found naturopathic medicine, I, it was just a whole new world to me of, of opportunity to find health and to recover from anything that you might be suffering from. And just know that there's a, this whole area of medicine out there that's dedicated to getting you better and getting you what you want, a baby, you know, and we have amazing research now and, um, and basically you're not alone. You, you know, we, we're here to help you. We have uh, loads of knowledge on where to start and, um, to get your health back and to find, you know, optimize your fertility and really expand your family. And our passion is not only to make a healthy baby, but to, um, to be able to have a healthy pregnancy and life and life. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things I see a lot in, um, especially with women who are struggling to get pregnant, I think the desire to be pregnant is so, so deep that, you know, people are willing to do anything to like get to that point, but then what, you know, you're now you've got it, you're pregnant. Now, what do you do? What do you do to make sure that your pregnancy goes off without a hitch. And what do you do to make sure that you have the birth that you want? What do you do to make sure that, you know, your baby doesn't start experiencing chronic conditions early on? Like I did, you know, I know, know what that's like to live an entire lifetime, basically worth of chronic issues before really figuring out how to be well. And now, you know, the deck is stacked against me and we have to do all these things to try to regain that health. So, you know, how do we teach parents how to, how to give that greatest gift of lifelong health to their kids Yeah, from the very beginning? I love that. That's great. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. Anything else you want to add? No, I think we're good. Okay. If you made it this far, (laughs) thank you so much for being interested in my story. And I really appreciate it. And all I really hope is that it does inspire you, uh, you know, that inspires others to take control of your health and to take control of your fertility. That is what we're all about. So we will be back next week. We will have an episode on genetics. So we're going to take a couple of different approaches to the conversation about genetics. We're going to talk about these um, mutations or SNPs that you may have heard of that might affect your fertility. And we're also going to talk about an important aspect of genetic screening when you're in the preconception period to prepare for pregnancy, um, doing some carrier screening and finding out whether or not you carry some of these genes that may affect your child. So we're going to jump really deep into the genetics next week. We hope that you'll join us for that. As a reminder, if you want to check out our website, learn more about what we're doing with the Tiny Feet Fertility Assessment, you can visit us at tinyfeet.co. 
and learn more. We also have a whole bunch of blogs on our website about all kinds of different preconception and pregnancy topics. So you can learn more from us that way. And also follow us on Instagram. We are at tinyfeet.co and we'll see you next time. Thank you.